Welcome to Hempire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homeostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones to those of researchers and medical professionals. Hempire is presented by NanoSoul Pro. Supplementation through education. NanoSoulPro.com Hey, it's Dr. Mitch Earlywine of Hempire. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've got Dr. Stacy Gruber of Harvard Medical School here, and we're going to talk a little bit more about cannabidiol and its amazing uses. Dr. Gruber's already uh, met with us and talked about some key work she's been doing, but I wanted to walk through some of the things that the field already has. You had alluded to uh, different sources of CBD, and I was hoping you could talk a little bit about different ways folks end up with it. Sure. Well, you know, I think if you live uh, if you live on this planet, especially in this country, we are um, literally confronted with images of CBD and products everywhere. I mean, not just our health food stores and places like Whole Foods, where you know you might see a different um, sort of different type of product from a regular conventional grocery store. But I was in a, a, a gas station sort of little store the other day, and there's a whole line of CBD products. Um, uh, there's you know, folks touting CBD being added to literally anything and everything that's being sold. So I think it's very important for, for folks looking to, quote, ride the green wave and, and try CBD because it may change your life to understand not all CBD is created equally. Not all products that list, quote, CBD are things that people should be taking because there's very, very little to no regulation with these products. It's really, really important to know what you're getting where you're getting it, and what to expect from these products. Um, the different sources of CBD, whether it's cannabis sativa, L, the plant uh, that we tend to think of as cannabis or marijuana, or hemp-derived CBD, which is incredibly popular because it is now within the limits of the law officially, and you can buy it and have it shipped uh, to all 50 states. Um, extraction techniques, uh, different vehicles in which these things sit. And of course, the source of, of these, um, these plants all make a difference. And I encourage everyone to ask questions. Um, I wouldn't say buyer beware. I would say buyer be aware um, and ask for a certificate of analysis. Ask all sorts of questions about the product before you plunk down your hard-earned money because they're not all the same. I appreciate you bringing that up because it really does seem uh, overwhelming. I'm getting emails from folks who've, you know, tried five milligrams in their coffee and felt nothing and thought it was all a scam. It, first, first step, really, what do you think would be a reasonable dose for somebody who wanted to try? I think it really depends on what the goal is. So for folks who are looking for something just to, quote, take the edge off or to feel a little bit more relaxed, sort of what we call the anxiolytic effect, um, we certainly have seen some interesting pilot data in patients with anxiety who appear to get significantly better with CBD that we can <laughs> that we can verify in terms of the source and how much is, is in the product they're getting. Um, that's probably going to be very different from the amount that people would need 
to control, for example, seizures or epileptic type behaviors. Um, I think that there's going to be a big range for for your average uh, consumer who says, you know, I just want to see if I feel a little bit better. You know, I'm a little bit stressed from work or whatever. I think a lot of these products um, that are available start somewhere between, you know, 15 milligrams per. I'm just talking about uh, solutions that people are using, sort of in their mouth or under the tongue. They start somewhere you know, around 10 or, or even 15 and go up to 50 or 60 milligrams per mil or even north of that. Um, really important to remember that um, you can absolutely change what it is that, that you're trying to use depending on how you use it. Um, and again, you have to know what's in the product before you can expect any effect. Some of these products that we've had tested for our patients come back and they don't have anywhere near the stated amounts on the label, which is really very sad. People go without other things sometimes to buy a, a single bottle of something that costs $150, and then they find out there's very little of the active ingredient that is CBD in that product, which is a real shame. That, that is heartbreaking. I know with a lot of anxiolytics, people are often concerned about some kind of dependence potential. Do you have anything uh, to say about CBD as far as that's concerned? I think that most have at this point acknowledged that there's very little concern with regard to um, any kind of real, quote, addiction or dependence-related behaviors. The one thing that is very important for people to keep in mind, and this goes across the board for THC, um, quote, heavy products or CBD-heavy products, um, the um, cytochrome P450 enzyme system in the liver is affected by both of these, which means that any other product or drug that you're taking, let's say conventional medications, um, there are different classes of drugs that are strong inhibitors or strong inducers of this system. So you could inadvertently, inadvertently raise or lower the amount of other drugs that you're taking. So it's really important to be honest with your healthcare providers and or the folks that you're chatting with about your cannabis or cannabinoid-based therapy with regard to the other medications you're using. Unless the mode of use completely bypasses the liver, typically those are smoked or vaporized modes and not things like sublingual solutions under the tongue, um, really, really important to keep that in mind. So especially for our older, our older folks, the fastest growing consumer group of cannabis in the nation, um, on an average of about five medications. So it's important to remember that what you're taking may very well inadvertently, you know, affect um, other other things. That's that's really great advice. And yeah, especially if you have something else that's the least bit sedating, even if it's just an antihistamine for a day or two, it's it's uh, essential to keep these kinds of things in mind. You yeah. mentioned the sublinguals, and I'm I'm eager to find out your impression on why this mode of administration might be recommended. I think a lot of folks are not interested in vaping or smoking products because, first of all, it's not something that people can do discreetly, and there's still a fair amount of stigma associated with cannabis or cannabinoid use, even for therapeutic purposes, or what I often hear is purported therapeutic purposes. Um, I think a lot of people are interested in using something that's more discreet and that doesn't require them to also expose their lungs to something like you know, smoking or vaping, especially given the recent uh, vaping crisis. People are very, very concerned and very nervous, despite the fact that it wasn't necessarily THC or CBD responsible for um, evali or, or this, these lung um, injuries, but the vehicles in which these, these products are sitting or these compounds are sitting. Um, sublingual solutions also have a benefit. The, the salivary mucosa, the area just under the tongue, is a really rich, rather absorbent area area um, for product. And if folks hold product under their tongue, I like to have people hold it for a minute and a half to two minutes. Um, you actually 
as opposed to just swallowing it directly. When you swallow it directly, it becomes an edible. So now you have to process it and now you're going to have passed through the liver. Um, you actually get uh, a faster, what I would call rise time. So you may actually begin to feel an effect more quickly um, and you can bypass at least some of uh, the processing in the liver. So I think that's, that's important. Interesting. It seems like a great way to essentially get the CBD into your system rapidly and not have to worry about respiratory irritation or any of that nasty stuff. Exactly. I'm eager to uh, ask about stigma around CBD. Do you feel like some of the THC-related stigma is spilling over? I feel like it's more a question of people thinking that how can any of these things be true since people are touting it for absolutely everything? And I've had a couple of folks come in through our um, longitudinal observational study who say, you know, so-and-so is sort of poking fun at me because I'm now, you know, leaning on CBD and saying it helps with this and this and this because we don't really have huge amounts of, of empirically sound evidence for this. Um, so I think it's a different type of stigma. You know, THC um, and your typical, quote, cannabis stigma has to do with individuals using products to, quote, get high or alter their current state of being. I think our medical folks often are using products that have THC, but often lots of CBD and other cannabinoids present. And their goal is typically just to feel better. They don't want to be high. So I think it's a different type of stigma. At, at this point, it's sort of the social stigma of, come on, are you really on this bandwagon? <laughs> so a little different. I got to admit that panacea touting has has hurt us a, a little bit, but uh, glad to see pe people are still willing to to give it a try. Yeah, clearly. Um, they Many of these folks that we see have tried just about everything. And so it's not only within, you know, sort of the realm of what they're willing to do, but given, again, all of this hoopla, people say, look, I got to try it. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to work. The problem is that when you use a product that is not, um, it does not contain what the label says it contains. And let's, let's also take it to the other side. What does the product contain that it shouldn't? Does it have heavy metals, aflatoxins, pesticides? Unfortunately, there's no regulation for these types of, of products. So it's not as if all of these things are tested. Some, some um, manufacturers are incredibly good and they are incredibly consistent. And I think we know lots of these folks um, who produce a product. We test and retest like crazy um, and their products come up 100% exactly what it's supposed to be 100% of the time. That's amazing because it's a botanical. And then there are products that are touted to be XYZ123 and they're not at all. And then I wonder if I had unlimited funds, I would go ahead and test those same things for all the contaminants. We don't have the ability to do that. Um, but, but that's something else to be mindful of. You know, if you are a consumer and something seems too good to be true, it's only $25 and it's 65 milligrams per mil or something. Um, ask to see a certificate of analysis at least um, or something. I really appreciate you bringing that up. We do have to take a break just a second here. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine and um, getting the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Stacy Gruber of Harvard Medical School. Thanks for tuning into Hempire. We'll be right back after these messages. More Hempire coming up once we pay homage to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah. How sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Dazed and Infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Fostering health, well-being, and a better living. Welcome back to Hempire, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, we're back. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine with the Hempire Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've got Dr. Stacy Gruber, and we've been discussing cannabidiol in various ways. Uh, Dr. Gruber, you alluded to these problems that folks seem to have with some products having markedly less CBD than they're supposed to. I'm curious, are there any published data on how poor or how well some of the products are going out there? So I think to date we have, I want to say it's one or two publications that um, are basically uh, market studies where um, this is uh, doctors Ryan Bondre and Marcel Bond Miller and uh, some of their colleagues have assessed different products in the marketplace, actual real world products that real patients are using, um, and found that some have significantly higher levels of THC or CBD than stated, um, which is a problem. Uh, again, when we think about the fact that people are trying to take this as medicine, that's an issue. In terms of actual products evaluated in the pub- and then published, I don't think so. I'm not sure that individual product names or types are disclosed in those. We did our own um, sort of unpublished investigation, again, as part of this study where we have our patients most commonly used products tested by an outside lab. And I can tell you there's a fair amount of variability. We should probably try to publish that. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's, um, it's something that's really, really important and should not be the case. Patients, uh, consumers who go and, and purchase products and expect a certain, um, a certain effect or I guess there's no guarantee that you'll get the effect, but it, the product should be as stated. If it says 30 milligrams per mil, it should be relatively close to that. Um, it certainly shouldn't be three milligrams per mil, and it certainly shouldn't have other contaminants uh, w- within the product. That's something that we really want to be mindful of, especially for our more vulnerable consumers, specifically the older older population. Um, who, also, we have decreased metabolism and, again, other medications on board, so it's really important. 
I do appreciate you emphasizing that. What actually is going on as far as uh, aging, lean body mass, and dosage? Could you could you kind of walk us through that so we can remember? Aging, lean body mass, and dosage. So what I would say is that as we age, um, unfortunately, biology is cruel, right? <laughs> we, we tend not to get better at most things as we get older, except perhaps making really difficult decisions. Um, but in terms of, for example, cognitive performance, right? We don't tend to get better over time. We tend to get a little bit worse. There's a natural um, decrease in our ability to perform, let's say, frontal executive tasks, tasks that require uh, utilizing feedback to change your behavior or inhibiting inappropriate responses. Those things are more difficult difficult as we age. Our metabolism uh, or metabolic rate is lower. So it takes longer for us to clear um, different types of products. And when we think about the ways in which our older um, consumers of cannabis tend to want to use, very often they gravitate towards edibles. Now, edibles are the most difficult to regulate with regard to absolute dosage. And again, the rise time or time to get an effect is pretty variable. But with older folks, it may take even longer than somebody who's, you know, in their early early 30s or, or late 20s. Um, it may also take longer for cannabis to clear the system. So these things are really, really important. And again, as, as things change over time, we need to be mindful of these things. There's very little data um, out there on the impact of cannabis or cannabinoids in older adults, the older population. We just had a grant funded by NIDA um, to look at this actually in older adults, um, which by the way, the new definition of older adults, according to the U.S. government, is anyone over the age of 50. You are now an older adult. <laughs> so <laughs> That's a heartbreaking thought, but I'm super grateful to NIDA for being willing to, to fund yeah. that work. And yeah. the edibles talk is, is no, you're not kidding on that. And uh, Stacy Farmer, one of your big fans who's been in my mm -hmm. lab for quite some time, is shown some aversive responses to uh, THC-related edibles, and it's, it's a, a serious business. So I'm, I'm glad folks are, are getting a look. And I'm a big fan of hers, too. Kudos to her for doing this work. And I'll tell you, we've all heard these stories. You know, I, I went and had a cookie. I went and had this. I went and had that. And it was terrible. And I think you're going to find that there's a disproportionate number of older individuals who have negative experiences because the dose is not appropriate for them. Far less uh, product often gets a better result. Um, and again, people are often taking too much at once because they, quote, don't feel it. So they go ahead and take more. Um, we don't necessarily see the same things with CBD. But again, even CBD-rich products that are whole plant full spectrum have some THC. When people say to me, well, what's the best ratio? Is it 10 to 1, 5 to 1, 20 to 1? I always say this, what's the one? If it's THC, how much are you talking about? Because 2 milligrams, 3 milligrams, 10 milligrams, all of these things make a difference. And the so-called microdosing, when people say, well, you know, it's less than five milligrams, it'll be fine. For some people, one to two milligrams is too much THC. And they feel it, and there's a psychoactive effect, and they are uncomfortable. So it really is very important to be mindful of how much, uh, not just the ratio, but how much, especially with regard to edibles. Stacey Farmer will probably also tell you that when you have an edible, um, again, we digest it, and then there's uh, passed through the liver. Delta-9 THC is converted to 11-hydroxy, which is actually more psychoactive than Delta-9 THC. So whatever you're feeling is actually going to increase over time for a bit. And again, there's a, a far longer duration of effect with edibles than smoking or vaping or even sublingual solutions. So that's all really important to keep in mind. So glad you're doing that work. Well, and it's, it's good to emphasize this because the ratios have really taken over in some sense. And I feel like folks have this tacit assumption that CBD just sort of takes the edge off of THC, 
Would you care to talk about that a minute? I think there is some expectation that CBD will mitigate or reduce some of the less desirable effects of THC. And certainly, interestingly, there there's a, a study that demonstrates that individuals using hair sample analysis, individuals with no CBD on board perform, let's say, cognitive tasks more poorly than those with some evidence of CBD on board, again, using hair samples. Um, in terms of the actual, you know, um, expected effects, I think, yeah, people think if there's enough CBD in the product, I won't get high. Really depends on how much THC is there um, and how you're taking it and what else is on board. All of these things matter. So again, be aware, not beware, but be aware of what you're taking before you take it. And what is your expectation and what is your goal? Goals of recreational consumers, typically very, very different from our medical cannabis patients. There are no recreational users that I have seen who say, hey, I'm just looking for CBD. That's not the goal of use. <laughs> um, if it's not intoxicating, um, typically our recreational consumers aren't looking for it because they're looking to change their current state of being and they're looking for that kind of sort of euphoric experience in general. Our medical patients typically are not. So, It's, it's a, a bit complicated. You did allude to uh, uh, having a lab test would you mind getting into what folks might want to look for? We've talked about this in previous episodes, but I feel like it's worth hammering home. Sure. And I think that for most products that are available, even online, um, you can request a certificate of analysis, which is a literally exactly as it sounds, a certificate of analysis. What's in that product? For the products that our patients in the longitudinal observational study use, we have their most commonly used products tested by this outside lab. Very important to clarify right now in case any law enforcement folks are listening. I don't have the products in hand. <laughs> the, the products are sent to the lab. It has nothing to do with me. I just pay for the analysis, and I then share the results with the patients so they know, quote, what's in their weed, because I think it's really important. Um, but what we do is we have um, a cannabinoid constituent profile. So the lab will um, tell us exactly how much of 13 cannabinoids are present in that product, which is incredibly helpful. We can also do, which we don't typically do for our patients um, in the observational study, terpenoid analysis. So what what terpenoid profile does that product have? Also very important, again, when we're formulating and creating um, novel sort of custom created products for specific indications, which I spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about and doing these days. Um, but it's really important to ask what is in the product. Everything online from really reputable um, uh, companies and distributors really should have not just a certificate of analysis from a year ago, two years ago, really they should do this in batches, current available batches. And when you buy that product, you should have a code that you can then look up online and see what your certificate of analysis is. Whether or not that's really true is another thing, but at least there's something uh, that gives the consumer or the patient some information. Couldn't have said it better. Hey, we are going to have to take a break. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine from the Empire Show. I'm speaking with Dr. Stacy Gruber from Harvard Medical School. We'll be right back after these messages. More Empire coming up once we pay homage to our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint 
The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Fostering health, well-being, and a better living. Welcome back to Empire, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Empire. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine on the Empire Radio Show, and I'm talking to Dr. Stacy Gruber from Harvard Medical School, and we were getting into the ins and outs of the CBD market uh, thanks again for joining us. So, Dr. Gruber, you mentioned the ways to look for, you know, good, validated, tested products. Are there any other rules of thumb or heuristics folks might have if they were going to start with uh, CBD? Sure. I would point out a couple of things. One, there's a big difference between whole plant full spectrum products, which contain CBD and other cannabinoids, very often THC and other cannabinoids, which is not a bad thing, but you should know exactly how much of each is in there in case you happen to be really sensitive, for example, to THC. Things that are within the limits of, quote, hemp, less than 0.3% by weight, can still, quote, get you high if you take enough of it. If you take enough of it, you can absolutely feel an effect. You've got to be careful. Then there are broad-spectrum products, so products that have lots of cannabinoids but no THC. And then there are things like isolates or distillate products that are just single extracted compounds ostensibly. So each one will confer different effects. It's important to know what your product contains and, and to be really mindful of asking for a certificate of analysis so you can see for sure or to the best of your ability as a consumer what's in the product. I also tell people, you know, you can always add but you can never take away once you've taken a product, especially a sublingual solution. Uh, so you can start low and go slow. Just the same rule of thumb with uh, with lots of things related to cannabis. Again, you can always take more, but you can never take less. Once you've taken it, it's in. Um, and I think the mode of use is very, very important. So if you're taking a capsule, you can't expect an effect in 15 minutes. If you're taking a sublingual solution, you know uh, it may be a little bit faster um, than an edible or, or a capsule. But again, you have to give these things their time before you take more. 
if that makes sense. Absolutely. And really good advice for, for everything in life. Uh, some things you don't take, they take you. The <laughs> chance to uh, allude to with the phytocannabinoids, some of what have been called the minor cannabinoids, would you care to comment on some of those? Sure. Um, so we tend to think of cannabis as having these two major players, and I've come across a couple of things where people say the two, you know, the the two constituents of cannabis, and I think, uh oh, there are 400 plus constituents of the plant, right? Um, the two major phytocannabinoids that people spend a lot of time talking about are THC and CBD, but there are other cannabinoids that people often call minor. They call them minor because um, they are far less prevalent in the plant, and for some, in some cases, um, they really contain very little naturally, and you have to actually have special breeding to increase the amount. But cannabigerol, cannabinol, tetrahydrocannabivarin, uh, cannabichromine, each of them has um, some really exciting potential for, for different indications and conditions. And I think we are probably at the point where we're going to start seeing more folks interested, like, like we've been for a while, in, in other cannabinoids. Um, and that's important because, again, there are hundreds of constituents in the plant. It's not just the two. And I think that's, that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, cannabigerol, you know, we, we see as a tremendous anti-inflammatory. Um, it may also be neurogenic. There, there, are, there are a number of things associated with each one of these. So um, I think people are very excited about potential. It's, it's, it's really exciting and also in a way a bit daunting when I think about how research has done with combining really any two things and to then go out to three and four and we've got 112 cannabinoids, I think, and 400 some odd uh, chemicals within, within the plant. It's, it's going to be complicated, a complicated world. I do note that uh, some of the aromatherapy literature has been kind of helpful, at least when I'm looking for uh, things with the terpenes. If there's a terpene that you happen to have any strong feelings about, we'd sure love to hear. So, you know, um, when I think of, of terpenes, I think um, the first one that comes to mind, um, I think, you know, is beta-caryophyllin or myrcene. Um, beta-caryophyllin, I think, has been um, relatively prominent in most of the products that have been shown to have an impact on seizure activity. Um, I think myrcene has been shown to be helpful with things like pain. I think there are so many um, that are really quite promising. And, you know, it's just really recently that people are starting to understand that, that terpenes and terpenoids are, are important. Um, and, you know, it's not just the two, quote, the two cannabinoids in the plant um, that have an effect. So I think, you know, there's, um, there's an awful lot of work to be done, but it's a very exciting time um, to be involved with cannabis or cannabinoid-based approaches. Uh, I gotta admit, there there's so many. It's it's hard to even uh, narrow it down. I I'm a big mm. fan of the little all the lavender ones. They seem to be mm. sedating, and we had a chance to administer some of that in my lab, but then got mm. uh, got our IRB pulled just because of all the the vaping uh, madness. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's a huge problem, and I think that people are starting to understand again with regard to the vaping stuff um, what what is and is not most likely causing a problem. But you know, without looking at these terpenoids, both um, with and without the accompanying cannabinoids, we don't know, right? Limonene, you know, may actually be really helpful for mood-related symptoms. Lavender, um, linalool, some of these things are are incredibly helpful for lots of different things. But unless you test them, how do you know? 
How do you know? Uh, yes, we, we definitely need that research. Yeah. Hey, we do have to wrap it up here on Empire. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Stacy Gruber from Harvard Medical School. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart and let the data be your guide. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.